Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that this world needs to be embraced by the love of God. The solution to every government's problem, solution to every household's dilemma, the, 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 the recipe for success on every level is to know your love, Father, that you have for us. For God so loved the world. Lord, we want your love to be spread abroad into this earth. The world needs the love of the gospel. Lord, that's why we want to be committed to the Great Commission. Because how shall they believe if they never hear? How shall they hear if we don't speak your word? How shall we speak if we're not sent? And you've sent us. You said, you did not choose me, but I've chosen you. Oh, Lord, I just pray that as a result of these verses that we look at this morning, would you just fill us again with the love of God, the love of God as a supreme value that motivates everything we do and everything we are as believers. In Jesus' name, amen. And Jesus in John chapter 13 and verse 34 says, A new command I give to you. Why does he say a new one? Because there was an old one. Jesus comes to bring a new covenant. And part of this new covenant has the royal law, which is love. I give to you. Love one another. Say one another. Love one another. And then he continues his thought, train of thought. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is, this, this is so important. Because he's, he's, he, he says this just before, or at least soon after he washes the disciples' feet. And he wanted to demonstrate something to a group of men that he'd been walking with that at some level didn't deserve his unconditional love. And you see, here's the mistake we make as believers. We try and give away something that we don't have. He says, as I've loved you. And we say, no, 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 I just need to go and love. I need to go. No, no, you've got to know the love of God first. You've got to allow Him to wash you. It's His Word that washes us now. Even as in the physical, Jesus took a, a bowl of water and a towel and He cleaned the disciples' feet. There was a sense of Him saying, I'm not holding any of your dirt against you anymore. I'm showing you my perfect love. I mean, if you stop and think about that for a moment, whose feet is he washing? He's washing Peter, who would deny him after, Lord, you can't wash my feet. This is not right. And Jesus has to say to him, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you would have denied me. See, Jesus already knew what was coming. He already knew that he was going to be denied and handed over to execution by one of his own disciples. And when he bent down and washed those feet, he was demonstrating 
that he held no dirt against them. He was washing away that part of them that was in contact with the everyday living of walking in this world. That his washing was to give a foretaste of the, the, the blood cleansing that would come in the new covenant. That's why he calls it a new commandment. It's not like the old commandment. In this commandment, he says, this is how people are going to know you, my disciples, by your love for one another. In the old covenant, an expert of the law tested him. You know, Jesus was continually around people who wanted to test him and trick him and catch him out. So an expert in the law. I mean, they prided themselves in being an expert in the law. Tested him and said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. So you think, there you go, Steve. That's the greatest commandment. But hang on, Jesus carries on and he says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, say the law, and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So under the law system, or the first covenant, which the Bible calls an inferior covenant, although it was full of God's love and grace to preserve a people for himself, the, 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 the Jewish nation, the law was given to them to bring about consciousness of sin. What better way to tell someone, you've got to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your... How's that going for you, by the way? How are you doing? Well, don't you know that's the greatest law? Oh, really? And you're loving God with all your heart, all your mind, all your... Well, that's the commandment. God said it, and I'm, just, I'm doing what he told... Well, hang on. First of all, Jesus is speaking to self-righteous experts in the law. Those who are using the law to put condemnation on people. And Jesus tolerates them because he's in that dispensation. And he says, okay, you want to know the greatest commandment? This is it. This is the commandment you're not obeying. This is the commandment that you fail to, to rise to. Is there anything wrong with that commandment? No, it's beautiful and pure. And uh, of course, to love God with all your heart, your mind, your strength, soul. But how you get there is not because of a law written. You cannot wake up and make a New Year's resolution. This year I'm going to love everybody with all my heart and all my mind. Sorry. We begin loving when we understand this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. You see, when you start realizing the love of God for you, when you start realizing that you were there in that room of disciples, and there was a time in your life where you denied Him, you said, oh, I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do that for you, and you denied Him before the end of the day. Or maybe you're there like Matthew, the tax collector. He sold out to the governing authorities. And he was kind of on the other side of the room to the Simon, the, the zealot. The zealots were um, committed to the violent overthrow of the ruling powers, the government. 
and Matthew had sold out to them. Imagine having those two guys on your team. Jesus has got this like all sorts, chocolate all sorts, sitting around there. And he goes to Matthew and he washes his feet as a betrayer of the, someone who was underhanded and they were known to push taxes up and, and take more than they, that, that they should. Like Zacchaeus. Matthew was like that. And, and when he gets to James, James and his brother John, not to be mistaken with this John, were sons of Zebedee that mommy came along to the CEO, made a meeting and said, I need my boys to be your number two and three. They had an agenda. This Jesus was going to become a violent military leader and I want my sons to be in a prominent position. Agendas, people who come. You've, we've all had agendas at time. Come on. We've all done things and said things and positioned ourselves because we've actually got another little goal. And we think God doesn't know that. And he washes James's feet, washes John's feet. The very one that was going to betray him to death, he washes his feet. Let me tell you, friends, you've had your feet washed. Because there was a time when you were a God denier. There was a time in your life where you were like Thomas, where you doubted this and you doubted that, and you even doubted the things you were doubting because doubt was just in your nature. And unbelief and, and cynicism were just part and parcel of, of a worldview, or a doubting worldview. Jesus bows down before him. He knows Thomas is going to come in and say, well, I... I very much doubt that this Jesus rose again. No, no, but we saw him. He was here. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Unless I put my fingers in his side and touch the holes on his hands, I don't believe what you're saying. There was a time you doubted. There's times in our lives where we have unbelief. Jesus says, as I'm showing you love, you are going to become a channel of my love to other people. And it's not going to be based on the law command to love, but it's going to be based on the fact that this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. For God so loved the world. And in Romans chapter 5 it says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the miracle that took place when God gave you His Holy Spirit? People who are incapable of obeying a law are now conduits of the love of God to flow through them when they know how much they loved. When you know that you loved in your doubt and desperation. When you know you loved in your wrong agendas and and. and, and, and wrong attitudes and mindsets, when you know that you loved, even when you're at your worst, you know that he could never love me more than he loves me right now because there was no depth that he wasn't prepared to go to to take us up and seat us in heavenly places in him, forgiven and washed and justified. He washed you, my friend, when you didn't deserve it. That's the love. That's the love we've got to know 
and live in. And we become a conduit. Now, now, now the story starts changing. Now the story changes. We become Jesus. And we look around us and we see someone who's got an agenda on our life. Someone who, whose taxi swerved in front of us at the robots and, and, and inconvenienced us for a whole extra 15 seconds of our day. And, and words start coming up in our spirit man. There, there those taxis go again. That's a mild reflection of the, some of the emotions that you've been good to somebody, you've been kind, you've, 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 you've gone out of your way for somebody, and then you hear they say stuff about you that's not true. Has that ever happened to anyone? People have misrepresented you. They didn't tell the whole story. They told a part of the story, and that taints you in a completely different light. Let me tell you, my friend, there have been times when we've loved people, we've poured out our life for them, and then we hear the stuff that gets said. Man, it takes the love of God to flow in your life, to get on your knees and say, as I've been loved as a doubting Thomas, as I've been loved by a, a perverted uh, Matthew, as I've been loved by Kajaving Peter, as I've been loved by betrayers, so Lord, I need your love to flow through me. In this story now, there are people in your life. I know, I know often leaders make mistakes. Someone doesn't greet you. Someone says something in a counseling situation that hurts you. It wasn't what you wanted to hear. And we build this up, we build this up. Corinthians 13, one of the most powerful scriptures on love. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. You want to let the love of God flow through you in a way that will become healing to your Matthews, your Judases, your Jameses, your Peters in your life. Know this. Love is the flow of life that comes when we hold no records. Jesus, by washing their feet, was saying, I sponge your record. I'm cleaning your feet. When we forgive others, we're sponging their sin and their hurt that they've caused in our, our life. I was sitting with a man recently drinking. No one from this church doesn't come to this church. But he'd been through a church disciplinary situation like 20 years ago. And we were drinking coffee and talking. And somehow we stumbled on the subject. And suddenly his whole demeanor shifted. His facial expression. He began dropping little words and little cuss words. And, and he, he, he got red in the... He got angry. And I sat there and I started listening to him vomit out his, his anger for, over the way the thing was handled. And, and, and what, I, what, what shocked me the most is that after 20 years of being in a church and serving God and worshiping on Sunday, he's kept this long record. And every leader that's crossed his path has reinforced that record. And you know how records go? They go in circle, and if there's a little chip, click, 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 and it goes around the same track, click, 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 and it goes around the same track. Bible says, love keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of sin. You've got to burn those records. You've got to burn the records in our life that keep 
playing the same song of hurts and disappointments and unacceptance in people's lives. Those records in your life that keep on flashing up before your mind when something happens politically and all that stuff comes up, we've got to burn that record. We've got to do what we did. Remember 30 years ago, if you were a Christian that time, when you used to go to those bonfires with all your... you know, worldly music and worldly books and worldly charm bracelets and all that stuff. And you had a bonfire and you kind of got rid of your past. Anybody? Only me. Black Sabbath, Santana, Moody Blues, Deep Purple, Uriah Heep, Jimi Hendrix. All ended up on the same pile. All right. It's taken me years to get some of that good music back. But anyway. You see, I discovered that music itself is not bad. It was the association with the past that was bad. So it was a good thing for us to get rid of it because we were cutting off our past. So there was nothing wrong with it in its season. But there's no such thing as an evil E minor seventh chord. Opening up the doors for Satan now. Oh, there we go. No, no, no such thing as a demon tune, demon song. But the association with that. That's why when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, if offering meat to idols worries your conscience, then don't do it. But if it doesn't worry your conscience, then carry on, have a bra. You see, it's our memories and our attachments to things that is the problem, not the thing itself. How did I go down this road? Okay, back to records, records, records. We've got to change some of the records. We've got to do that same, we've got to have a, a big bonfire. Should we have a bonfire? All your records of, I can't forgive that person because of this and this. And, okay, well, I forgive them, but I don't want to ever see them again in my life. All those records that you keep playing. Yeah, it's the same old, you know, what happened there, it's going to happen there. You know, nothing changes. world's always the same place. Some records need to be burnt. Pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth because you'll quickly find out what record is in the little jukebox that is playing over and over and over and over and needs to get taken out, put in a fire, and burnt. As a good uh, guy we heard recently said, those youth camps, do you remember the um, that thing you played me? Uh, the youth camps, they used to go to youth camps and then they used to say, okay, on the last night, make an altar call. If you've got any demonic records and books, and th- would you come bring them up to the front? And then the place would be filled in the front on the stage with all this demonic stuff. And I'm thinking, like, now how did that get through in the first place to a youth camp? It's like you need one of those metal detectors, a devil detector. They walk through with your suitcase, beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh, sorry. Uh, uh, a witchcraft bracelet. Oh, oops, oops sorry, or upside down peace sign. Oops, uh, you know, a deep purple record. I don't know. But, but, but there, was, there was some value in that, but not as much value as what we're talking about today. Love keeps no record of wrong. Lord, would you start replacing some records in our minds? Lord, we want to break some of those old records. Maybe there's someone in your life right now you can think of. Maybe it's an area of church leadership. Maybe it's an area of marriage. Maybe it's an area of of finances. Maybe it's an area of, of something. Right now in your life, there's a record that keeps playing, and it's got faces attached to it. This morning, we break that off your life, and we say no more records of hurt, where you've been wronged, 
unfairly, unjustly, where, where you've seen things. Listen, if something needs to be addressed, address it. Go and talk to the person with a humble attitude, amicably, amiably, uh, and restore the relationship, restore the peace. We're not talking about burying your head under the ground here. We're talking about resolving things. But you can't just keep playing a negative record over and over. It's going to burst. And when it bursts, it's going to be ugly. So address things in a humble spirit of love, amicably, amiably, Neutralizing any ill feelings that can arise so that your enemies will become your confidants. Words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. Nothing reveals the heart as much as the stuff. Janet was preaching a last Sunday. And she was referring to angels being voice activated, not thought activated, which I thought was a brilliant point. Because God knows our thoughts, but angels don't and demons don't. Only God can hear our thoughts. So when we pray, the angels have got something to latch onto because it's audibly voice activated. And she used the illustration and she said, in the same way that I speak to Siri and I say, directions please too. But as she said, Siri... The phone on the chair next to me went, yes, Janet, how can I help you today? <laughs> and my son and I were trying to put it off. No, we do not understand that command. We're trying, it's getting louder and louder. We're trying to put it off. And he's saying, Dad, how do you put Mommy's series on? Yes, sorry, where's that? No, no, I don't understand that. And as Janet's talking, it's getting instructions from her. Eventually, I want to take a chuck it in a glass of water. Shut Siri's mouth up, you know? Words are powerful. Words reveal the records that are going around in your heart. Words reveal the jukebox that you're sitting on. And the Bible says, love keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus says, as I've loved you, when you weren't worthy. There's somebody you have to forgive. You know who I'm talking about. There's somebody in your life right now It's just caused you a lot of upset, a lot of grief, a lot of misunderstanding, and you can't leave here today just having sung good songs and, and, and listened to a, 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 a crazy guy up on the stage telling jokes. You've got to in your heart of hearts say, Lord, I want to make an adjustment. I don't want to go diff- the same. I want to be changed. For you so loved me, and you showed me your love. You washed me. Now I need to go out and wash some people. I need to wash them the way I speak. When I, when I talk badly about them, I want to remind myself that that record has been broken. It got broken on whatever today is, the 30th of, or whatever Sunday morning. That record got broken in my life. This is how I fight my battles. I'm in Christ and Christ in me and I'm surrounded by His glory and I'm going to pay attention to what comes out of my mouth. Come, let's stand up together. Let's just stand up. I know the Holy Spirit is wanting to, to break some records in my life. This repeatedly comes up. People have said things and done things, and it's just been so unfair. It's like in the flesh when I go over and, 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 and get violent about it. But you know, that's not going to help because they're bigger than you. And 
you know. But seriously, there's almost like a me solving my problems or allowing God's love. The greatest power in the universe. So right now, just where you're standing, don't you want to just let the love of God, the presence of God, by Spirit right now, just come.